ready for the word today? We're going to get into a brand new series today for the month of December uh, that I'm excited about. It's called The Gift of God, okay? The Gift of God. And uh, this this whole uh, series, I want you to really lean into because we're going to talk about the precious gift that God has given us in the gospel, okay? The gospel is a precious gift, And the problem with it is most American Christians do not understand the gospel. They do not understand it. They don't understand what it is and how it applies to their life. And because of that, you don't get the full benefits of it. Well, I want to help you with that today and the rest of this month. And so I really need you to lean in. Uh, I need my ameners in the house today. Amen. All right. So, you know, this is crowd participation. Now, the gift of God. This is what I want to talk to you guys about today. Because, see, I have this this thing that I see in America today that we really don't understand the gospel. We have reduced the gospel of Jesus Christ to come receive Jesus and get your sins forgiven and go to heaven. That's it. That's what we think the gospel is. And so in churches all over the the country, and in ours even too, people will come to the altar to receive Jesus, but they leave thinking the only thing that they received was forgiveness of sins and eternal life, a ticket to heaven. Now, granted, those two things are amazing. They're good by itself. But the gospel is so much more than that. And in 32 years of preaching the gospel, I see in America, it's mainly in the West, Western culture and Western church, we don't understand the gospel. And it's because, you know, we have a different mindset about how the world works. Let's take that term, the gospel, for instance. Now, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago about the term apostle and how I, I told you that Jesus used the word apostle to describe his disciples But Jesus did not invent that word. It is not a church word. It is not a religious word. Matter of fact, it was a governmental word that people used well before Jesus even came on the scene. And what an apostle was, was when a conquering king conquered a nation or a region, he would then send in these individuals and their job was to tell the rest of the people how the new kingdom is run. These men were called apostles. And they would come in and tell you, I know you're Israel, but now Greece has conquered you. 
and these are the ways of Greece. That's what an apostle did. So in understanding that, when Jesus comes and says, these 12 disciples are my apostles, you understand that their job now is to go into all the world and tell the world there's a new king and these are his ways. Can I get an amen on that? So now the gospel is not a church word. It is not a religious term. Matter of fact, it is a term that existed hundreds of years before Jesus even came. The first one that we see in in history that used the term gospel was somebody by the name of Alexander the Great. Alexander the Great, at 33 years old, conquered the known world. 33 years old. What's some of y'all in your 20s doing right now? Come on, amen? What's some of y'all 30 years old, 30 year olds doing right now? Alexander the Great, this is why he was great, by 33 conquered the entire world. And Alexander the Great, every nation he conquered, he would go in and he would present his gospel. See, every king back in those days had a gospel. Jesus was not the first to have a gospel. So history tells us that when Alexander the Great conquered Macedonia, Persia, all these places, they would then send in these apostles that would present the gospel. It was, it's similar if you've ever seen those movies like in Robin Hood where this guy rides into town on a horse and they blow the trumpet, dun, 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 and this guy gets off and he unrolls this scroll and he says, hear ye, hear ye. And he begins to read off this declaration. Guys, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. So Alexander the Great had a gospel. See, Alexander the Great was one of the first conquerors that realized it's too expensive to rule the world through the iron fist, through an iron fist. Because that means I got to put an army in every city, in every people group. And that's just too expensive. I got to feed all these fools and take care of them and this and that. We got to get more. We got to keep recruiting. So Alexander the Great at 33 years old, y'all, got got an idea. He said, we're going to rule the world, not through force like other kings did. We're going to rule the world through culture. Okay, I need you to catch this today. Are you still with me today? Come on, I'm trying, to, I'm trying to teach you something today to lay a foundation of what the gospel is. You know, a great resource for those of you that are on ARMA, the ARMA course that Pastor Manny Arango does, he talks, he has a great course on this, and you could get deeper into that on, the, on that app. If you haven't downloaded ARMA, you should. But I'm just giving you a, a nutshell of that today. And so Alexander the Great conquers the world, and he presents a gospel like every king did around him. Now, what was Alexander the Great's gospel? His gospel was what we would call Hellenism, okay? Hellenism is a lot to do with where America gets our current American culture today. And Alexander's the, Alexander the Great's gospel was based on four pillars, okay? Y'all ready for this? Can I learn you something today? Come on. Come on, South Sac. Can we learn today? All right. 
the, 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 the four pillars of Alexander the Great's gospel was this, and they're going to sound familiar. Number one, education. Education. He said, we're going to rule the people by educating them and giving them education. Before Alexander the Great, you had to teach your own kids. But when Alexander the Great and what ancient Greece brought is they brought something called a gymnasium. Now, I know you think a gymnasium for us is we go and shoot hoops or you go work out and lift weights. Gymnasiums uh, consisted of a place where we would educate our kids. And so Alexander the Great said, our gospel presents you education. The second thing it brought out was we're going to rule the people through entertainment. And so in every city now, there was a gymnasium and there was a theater. And so people now had entertainment that was equally important as education. And we started learning about poets and we started learning about playwrights and philosophers and all these things. And that's why when Jesus comes to the earth and he starts rebuking the church, he uses the culture of the day. And he says, you, you, you followers of God are hypocrites. That wasn't a religious word. You know what it means? It means actors in a play. Because every place Jesus went had a theater. Because Hellenism was all over. The third pillar of Alexander the Great, catch this, was health care. If you served Alexander the Great and you bought into his kingdom, you got education, entertainment, and health care. And these civilizations didn't have any of that before. Sounds like a pretty good deal, right? It's okay. Say amen. Come on. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. I got it. I don't need help preaching, brother. I got it. And so it sounds like America today. Look at the fourth thing here. You ready? Fourth one. Fourth one is this. Athletics. 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 So Alexander the Great brought this to the people where they were doing competitions, the Olympics, and they brought all these things. These four pillars were the pillars of Hellenism, which were Alexander the Great's gospel. Are you catching something today? But then guess what happens? Rome conquers Greece. And all of a sudden, there's a new king, Caesar Augustus. And so here's Jerusalem. In rides somebody on a horse, an apostle. Blows the trumpet. Dun, 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 dun. Hear ye, hear ye. I present to you the gospel of Caesar Augustus. And he unrolls the scroll. And the, and the scroll is about the Pax Romana. Now, what is the Pax Romana? Anybody that's been to a history class and actually paid attention was it was this decree that Rome is going to keep the peace. Now that Caesar is your king, Rome is going to take care of you. We are going to make sure that nobody rises up. There's no warlords. There's no warring tribes coming in because if they rise up, Rome, Caesar Augustus, will stop them from ruling. And so the gospel of Caesar Augustus was the Pax Romana. Now, what is the gospel about for these kings? The gospel is basically what you get from serving this king. It's also about what happens to you when you, you ready? Submit to this king. It's to convince people to understand this is what serving this king entails. And so Jesus 
rolls up on the scene. And he doesn't just preach, y'all. He presents his gospel. Now, can you see how controversial this is? Because everybody in Israel is used to Caesar Augustus's gospel. Jesus pops in and goes, let me give you my gospel. And see, in the West, we don't understand this. Because in the West, you think the gospel is Jesus died on the cross for my sins and to give me eternal life. But the problem with that, if you think that's what the gospel is, is Jesus did not preach that because he had not yet died. He never preached one sermon about that, which we always present as the gospel. Now, that is a part of the gospel. And the reason I'm taking time this month to teach this to you is because some of you are like the, the person, the elderly person that has an iPhone. Now, my father is 88 years old. He has an iPhone, okay? The iPhone can do a lot. But for my dad, it just makes phone calls. That's it. He is not getting near what he could out of that iPhone, bless his heart. Amen? Up to a couple years ago, he could still text. But he's not even doing that nowadays. Now, that iPhone can do so much. The iPhone can get you from point A to point B. Come on, some of us remember what it was like back in the day when we had to go on a road trip and we had to get a road map. Some of y'all remember that? If I was going to L.A., I would have to come to this actual building right here, guys. This used to be the AAA building. And I would have to stop in here and go to the counter and say, hey, can I get a, a map of, of, of California, a map of Los Angeles? And I would take those maps, put them in my car, and I would have a co-pilot in the front seat. And see, the co-pilot back then not only controlled the radio, come on, but they had to control the map. But now we got iPhones. Where do you want to go? Okay, put it in. Boop, boop, boop. Gives me the road. Gives me the, tells me what time I'll get there. Tells me what restaurants are on the way. Tells me where the gas stations are at. Are, are, are you tracking with me? This phone can, I, we were in Japan this year. This phone has a Google Translate on it. I don't speak Japanese. But I can go to somebody and speak into it and it'll spot, talk to them in Japanese. Can you tell me how to catch the train? That's what this phone does. That's what this phone does. I go into a restaurant and they don't have dollars there. They have yen. And so I'm, you know, ordering up a, a bowl of ramen. And it says 15,000 yen. And I start going, 15, oh, I, I, man, I didn't pay attention in math. Guess what I do? Go to my phone. I say, translate 15,000 yen into dollars. Boop, boop, boop. Comes up. $2. Probably not, but you know, you get the point. <laughs> this phone can do a lot. This phone can put you in contact with people. You know what? Great. You can FaceTime people with this phone. I don't need to come over and talk to you. If I could, boop, hey, how you doing? Uh, I'll be at the grocery store. Come on, man, you know what I'm talking about. My wife says, go buy this. And I go, okay, but there's five different brands of that. 
And I know you want a certain brand. So I say, boop, 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 FaceTime, babe, what kind of the, you know, that do you want? And she goes, what kind do they have? And I go, <laughs> And she goes, yeah, get that one. I go, I'm glad I called because I was going to get this cheap one. She goes, I know you would have. I know you would have. <laughs> and, and we could have a good night instead of me going home and her going, that's not the one I want to use. And me mad, and I got to It could save your marriage, y'all. It could save your marriage. This phone can save your marriage, right? It could do so much. Hey, this phone could get you a date. I don't recommend it for some of them sites, you know. But there are people getting married from, a, from an app on your phone, okay? My point is this. My poor dear old dad can only make phone calls with it. And some of you are exactly like this with your gift of the gospel. And as your shepherd, I'm trying to help you because all some of you care about is your sins are forgiven and you're going to heaven and you are missing what the gospel is. So can I tell you what the gospel is today? Can I tell you real quick? I want you to write this down. The gospel is this. It is the announcement that there is a king. He has a kingdom and it has a culture. The gospel is this. It's the announcement that there is a king, he has a kingdom, and it has a culture. One more time for the people in the back. The announcement that there is a king, he has a kingdom, and it has a culture. My brother and sister, this is the gospel. This is what it is to serve God. It is so much more than you just getting your sins forgiven and you going to heaven one day. The problem with a lot of American Christians is they don't understand what the gospel is. And I hope after this service, you'll have a greater understanding. Every king had a gospel. And that gospel was his proclamation that he is king, he has a kingdom, and this is the culture of my kingdom. Because you don't understand that, you don't even recognize Jesus as king. You only recognize him as savior. And that's why your life has not changed. That's why you still have the same filthy language mouth that you had when you was in them streets. This is why you still date people that you dated when you wasn't saved because you have not yet learned that there is a king, he has a kingdom, and there is a culture which translates into this. This is how we act and respond. Now, what makes this so significant with Alexander the Great's gospel is because he got this idea, as I said earlier, that it is much cheaper to lead the people in a way to where they like to be led by us and do not hate to be ruled over by us. He said it's much cheaper to lead people instead of having to put an army there to enforce all these rules. Let's lead through culture. And this is how Jesus sets up his kingdom based on this earthly premise and I'll prove it to you Galatians chapter 4 verses 4 and 5 there is a reason why Jesus had to wait before coming to the earth 
There's a reason. He wanted things to be, to be set up so that we would understand his kingdom. And he uses things like the Greek empire. He uses things like the Roman empire. Galatians 4 says this, but when the fullness of the time had come, Jesus sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that he might receive the adoption as sons. And so what Galatians tells us is this. Jesus came at the exact right time. And when he comes, he doesn't use terms that are outdated. He doesn't use terms from, from an ancient book. He comes speaking the language of the times. And he says, this is my gospel. These are my apostles. But in the West, we've reduced it to Jesus is our savior. And if you only know Jesus as savior, you don't know the kingdom. And guess what? This is why some of you are living jacked up lives. This is why some of us are living lives. Even though you go to church every Sunday, you don't change. You're riddled with anxiety. You're riddled with worry. Your marriage is in shambles. Your kids barely like you. But you go to church every day. Come on. Your grandma was broke. Your mama was broke. You're broke. And you go to church every Sunday and nothing changes. You got a good job and you're still broke. You get raises. You're still broke. But you go to church every week. Can I just tell you something? It's because you don't understand the gospel. I see families riddled with sickness. You come on. Some of you were raised by people that were always sick. Your grandma was always sick. Always sick. Your mom was always sick. And now you're always sick. Man, when the flu comes around, oh, you got to catch it. It's like you trying to catch it. It's flu season. Here comes the flu. Got it. Flu's going around. I say, yeah, it's going around me. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm in the kingdom. It's going around me, you know. And so we're Christians and we're serving. We're going to church, but nothing changes. You want to know why? Because you ain't taking time to hear the, to read the hear ye, hear ye. These are the benefits. These are the requirements. And so here's what we have. We have people that only know Jesus as Savior come to the altar, say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins, but still sleep with their boyfriend. And if you were to ask them, are you a Christian? Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. That's not how the kingdom works. That's not how it works. And it's only evidence that you don't know the gospel. You don't know the gospel. It's crazy what we got going on in America today. It's crazy. We got things, people living however they want to live, coming to church. Coming to church just like, you know, I, I do what I want to do. I talk how I want. Some people will cuss out their children and get up and go to church in the morning. Cuss them out. 
with the same mouth that they're going to be up here praising the Lord, praising, I love you, Jesus. Shandarabakita. You go home and you're like, you little. Can I just tell you something? That's not the kingdom. But you ain't learned that. Because you think the kingdom of God is, the gospel is simply, forgive me of my sins so I can go to heaven. It is so much more. The kingdom, listen to this. It's not just that your sins are forgiven. It's an announcement that the king, Jesus, is the ruler of everything. You know what he's the ruler for some of you? The only thing Jesus rules for you is where you spend time at 11 o'clock on Sunday to 1245. And then once you leave here, Jesus ain't the ruler. Your flesh is the ruler. Are you tracking with me today? So it's not just that your sins are forgiven. It's the announcement that King Jesus is the rightful ruler of the universe. Because he is king. Listen to this. There is a kingdom perspective and worldview. And I'm going to make some folks mad today. That's okay. You need to get mad. Because maybe you'll think a little bit. And maybe you'll draw a line in the sand. We live in a time right now where people think how they want to think, vote how they want to vote, act how they want to, never once considering the ways of the kingdom. Like, I don't understand how someone could say, I'm a believer in Christ, but I'm pro-abortion. I'm going, tell your neighbor he's going there. Tell your neighbor he's going there. I made some of you, I can see the looks already. I'm just trying to teach you the gospel. See, in the kingdom, you don't murder the innocent. You just don't. It's a kingdom. It's in the declaration. You can't, you don't murder the innocent. So if you're a Christian, here's the thing. If you subscribe to the kingdom, something's got to change up here. And I don't know why people have a hard time with that. Because when I got saved, I understood everything's got to change. I ain't doing this right. I ain't living right. The way I think is getting me in trouble. God, give me a new mind. Teach me a new way. Because the way I'm living is jacking me up. So what do you teach me? But the way people come to Jesus now, I got this. Jesus, yeah, I'll take some of that too. I'll take some of that. Give me a little of that. Okay, I'll take that. And the minute the gospel begins to confront things that affect our worldview... We're out. And can I tell you something? You may be out, but here's the problem. You were never in. If you got a problem with the gospel, I had a talk a few months ago. It was a very hard talk. It's a very hard talk. It was a nice talk. It was a good talk. It wasn't an argument. I had a talk with a, a, a young man that wanted to get plugged into our church, and man, he was a good guy and everything. And uh, he asked me a question about homosexuality. And so I talked to him about, I said, hey, man, you know, here's what, the, here's what the Bible, here's what the gospel says about homosexuality. Homosexuality is just like every other sin. It's no different. Sin is sin in the Bible. I don't know why we want to vilify the homosexual or same-sex attracted people. Like that's like the unforgivable sin. No, you know what? That's sin just like adultery sin. Just like lying is sin. 
And so I made it by sitting with this gentleman and I said, hey, man, this is this is what it looks like to serve Jesus. And he said, well, what about, you know, homosexuality and things? I said, well, according to God's word, it's something that we need to be do we need to repent of. Because it's clear we will not see the kingdom of God if we are given to any sexual sin, any sexual sin. See, some of y'all think you, you sleeping with your boyfriend and girlfriend and you think I'm good and you're looking at the homosexual. Oh, they got to change. No, you got to change, too. We're so messed up in the church today because we don't understand the gospel and we do not let it change the way we view. And so, you know, I, I had this talk with him. I said, this is what the gospel says. And listen, if you want to get involved here and you want to become a leader in this house, this is the gospel. This is what it looks like to serve Jesus. And he said, Pastor, thank you for, he was so nice. Pastor, thank you for sharing this, but I don't think I can come to this church no more. I said, okay, man, I want you to know one thing. I love you. We love you. And I hope you understand all I'm giving you is the word of God. He says, no, I get it. He said, I just don't think I'm ready to give this up. I said, go be with God, man. I'm praying for you. Amen. Amen. That's a good conversation. I'd rather have that conversation than somebody come in the church and feel like, well, if I just hide it, if I just hide it. Oh, OK. I'll, I'll come to you. I'll, I'll, I'll do all these things. Oh, man, as long as I don't let nobody know, because that's what the heterosexuals do in our church. Heterosexuals, you got to think you can't be a Christian and be tipping and tapping. Creeping. Slipping and sliding. Hey, you can't. But you know what we do? We come in and hide it. That is not the kingdom. That's not the kingdom. Here it is. That's another gospel. That's not this gospel. Now, in the weeks to come, I'm going to break down what actually is in the gospel. But let, let me give you another scripture here real quick to help you. Y'all still love me today? Yeah. Come on. Amen. All right. Ephesians chapter 2. I'm sorry. Galatians chapter. Yeah. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. The New Living Translation. Here it is. God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. The gospel is a gift. It's a gift. And here's what you've got to learn, folks. Just because you believe in Jesus, if you are not following the gospel, you don't make it in. To receive the gospel of Jesus Christ, is to say, I receive Jesus as king, and I will follow the kingdom culture. The kingdom culture has a way of speaking. The kingdom culture has something to say about everything. Amen? Amen. So we got Christians that go, Jesus is my savior, but I'm going to date whoever I want to date. And I'm going to sleep with whoever I want to sleep with. Hey, Pastor, I know you say that. I know you preach that, but I love her. And if I love her, then it's okay. That's another gospel. That ain't the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
When I look at his word, which is his gospel, it tells me to not have sex before married, before marriage. So when I got saved, I had a decision to make. Is Jesus king? And if he's my king, will I submit to that? If I don't, I've refused his gospel. And some of you have been so deceived. You think because you just say, I've got Jesus as the Lord and Savior of my life. He got to be king, not just Savior. And if he's Savior, I submit to his word. I submit to his way. Is this helping anybody today? Because, see, the problem is you got people that say, I'm a Christian, but I date who I want to date. And then you get somebody that don't even know God. But they got a job. They make money. They're fine. And you think that's enough. Until about the sixth or seventh year of marriage, things start changing because those things I just mentioned don't last. You got to understand when you serve God, everything's got to change. There's a kingdom way to date. There's a kingdom way to raise kids. Oh, y'all know there's a kingdom way to raise kids. Esco, you know there's a kingdom way to raise kids. Y'all know there's a kingdom way to raise kids. You know, what do I mean by that? The word of God tells us how to raise children. But pastor, I don't believe in disciplining my children. Yeah, we know. We could tell. We could tell. We could tell. them. Your kids is bad. They made baby's kids after your kids right there. So here's the thing, right? You decide. You're going to do it your way or you're going to do it the gospel way. Some of you trying to do it both, and it don't work. That's another gospel, y'all. Is this helping anybody today? So what we have is we have people that don't know Jesus is king. They don't know Jesus is king. They don't know the kingdom. They don't know the gospel of the kingdom. And because of that, here it is, you don't get the results of being in the kingdom. Jesus said this, unless you're born again, you can't even see the kingdom. It won't even make sense to you. It's like when I got saved, guys. Listen, before I got saved, you don't know that Sergio. That Sergio was, he's dead. There's a couple of y'all know me. Sonia knew me and a couple of my friends back in the day. David Gutierrez knew me. And, but that guy's dead. The person you see now, it wasn't him. Can I just tell you when I got born again, it was like the lights went on in my life. I never read a book until I got saved. Every book report, you go to the first paragraph, the last paragraph. Come on, somebody. Every chapter, first page, last page. Got this. And I'm not afraid to tell you. I am ashamed to tell you now. I used to cheat on tests. I had no attention span. I couldn't read. None of that stuff. I got saved. Everything changed. Everything changed. Because it wasn't just that I made a decision to believe in Jesus Christ. That's where it starts. I received the gospel. You know how I got a wife like Pastor Tina? Dating God's way. I stopped dating like I used to date. Some of you should too. If you're in the kingdom. Amen? 
I've raised my kids the kingdom way. It's not a popular way. They'd be mad at me a lot. Dad, I want to go to this concert. Everybody's going. All my friends are going. Sorry, son, in the kingdom. We don't get down like that. And we ain't paying God's money to go into a weed-filled stadium and listen to people glorify Satan. We, we don't do that in the kingdom. Oh, Dad. Golly gee, not I'm just Searches looking at me. I never said that. But, but do you see, you see what I'm saying? There's a kingdom way. Ask yourself, are you raising your kids the kingdom way? Kingdom way talks about discipline. I know, I know they want to tell you, we don't spank our children. We do. In the kingdom. We don't beat our children. That's something we don't do. That's demonic. But in the kingdom, we discipline our children. Amen. It's a kingdom way to treat your wife, man. And then there's your way. You do it the kingdom way, you get the benefits. You do it your way, you get what you get, and you throw a fit because it ain't too good. Kingdom way to treat your husband, ladies. Or you can listen to all your tias and hermanas and let them tell you how to do it. Or you can see what the Bible says, honor your husband, submit to him. I can't do that. That's the gospel. It's the gospel. And see, the reason you can't submit to the gospel of the kingdom is because you don't know the king. Because once you know the king, I'm like, I do whatever you say. You're so good. Tell me what to do. Don't date them fools you used to. Okay, Jesus, no problem. Stop smoking them trees all the time. No problem. You so good. You, you ain't no high like the most high. Okay, I'm going to get rid of that high. I'm going to trust, trust you. It's the choice we have to make. But this is the gospel. There is a king. His name is Jesus. He has a kingdom and he has a culture. We're going to talk about that in the weeks to come. Hey, everybody. Pastor Sergio here, and we just want to thank you for tuning in to our podcast. Make sure you check us out next week as we continue this series.